here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. All right, Marcus, the Raiders proved Las Vegas right. They were favored against the Carolina Panthers on the road. They won the game 34-30. to How you doing, man, and what did you think about that game? Uh, I'm doing well. Week one was a lot of fun, and uh, that was one of the more thrilling games of the afternoon. If you if you didn't get a chance to go watch that one, go to NFL Game Pass and rewatch it because, man, that was a lot of fun. Came right down to the last couple of possessions uh, in a much, much needed week one victory for the Raiders. Not all that surprising. A lot of offense, not a ton of defense, right? I mean, the Raiders' offense looked good. Josh Jacobs looked like a beast. Henry Ruggs, I think, had a pretty decent debut, caught a nice pass, fought through an injury, which we could talk about a little bit later. And that Panthers offense, too, we knew they were going to be good with Teddy Bridgewater, some of his weapons, Christian McCaffrey. It was a shootout. Yeah, and that's what we expected from the Raiders this year. They they rebuilt this offense. They have one of the better offensive lines in all football, but their defense is still a work in progress. So they're going to have to win games 34 to 30 and 27 to 24. Uh, they're not going to keep many teams under 20 points, but I think their offense is finally at a level now that uh, at least allows them to compete in a shootout type of games. The Raiders pulled off a pretty neat trick, Marcus, losing two offensive tackles in like the first 10 or 12 snaps of the game. Trent Brown left after about five snaps. Sam Young played 12 snaps, and then they had to put in Denzel Good, who has never taken a snap at tackle in practice and training camp, uh, comes in, plays right tackle, and actually plays pretty well. And they also lose a, a linebacker, right, Kwiatkowski. Mm-hmm. But they were able to overcome those injuries. So that's that's a good little trick that the Raiders pulled on, on Sunday for sure. Yeah, a, a sign of a good coaching staff is being able to overcome those injuries in-game. Now, we'll see how long Trent Brown and Sam Young are out. But to be able to get through that game with some limited linebacker depth, with basically no offensive tackles, and still be able to put up 34 points, uh, it's a great job by John Gruden and his staff. Now, on the Raiders Wire, you guys talked a little bit about what the offense was doing, ran a little bit more play action with Carr, maybe maybe a little uptick than we've seen in the past. And I thought Carr was pretty efficient, right? Didn't make any mistakes, took what was there, made the throws when he had to. And if he's going to manage the game like that, I kind of like this Raiders offense. Yeah, and I think you're already seeing the impact of Henry Ruggs on this offense. Derek Carr attempted four passes beyond 20 yards in the air. Uh, That's just not something that we're used to seeing out of Carr. And uh, that was the Raiders' uh, goal and vision when they drafted Ruggs was to help unlock Derek Carr and make him a more aggressive passer. Uh, We're already seeing that. Now, Ruggs did deal a little bit with an ankle injury in the second half, and that limited their passing offense uh, some. But we're seeing a much more aggressive offense that's complementary, that can use play action, can use the run game. Uh, they started to throw the ball to Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, and that makes the offense just that much more dangerous. Uh, a lot of good signs coming out of week one for the Raiders. How did Raiders Nation feel about them drafting rugs? It seemed like on social media, maybe you know a little bit of rubbing it in the face, like, look, this is what this kid can do. See, it was a great pick. It was, was Raiders Nation kind of down on that pick? I think for a little bit, I think a lot of them wanted CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, but they understood the the need for speed for this offense. This is a team that plays the Chiefs twice a year, and they can see how a guy like Tyreek Hill and even a McCole Hardman uh, for Kansas City can make you have to defend every blade of grass, as John Gruden puts it. Uh, so while Ruggs might not be as well-rounded as somebody like CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, his speed is going to make a bigger impact on this team, helping open up guys like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro underneath and then the run game in Josh Jacobs. So uh, I think 
they were a little down at the time, but they understood what he could potentially do for the offense long term. And I think in week one, you saw a great example of his value to this team. Yeah, no doubt. He he was uh, wide open on that 45-yard uh, hookup with Carr early on in the game. So that was that was pretty sweet. For fantasy players who had Josh Jacobs in their lineup, they were uh, very happy on Sunday. He got 29 touches, 139 yards, three touchdowns. He's a beast. I don't know if John Gruden should compare him to uh, Walter Payton yet. You know, that, that might be a little premature. Love me some John Gruden. He's going to go out there on a limb sometimes. But, man, that's a bad man, that Josh Jacobs. Good start for him. Yeah, and for fantasy players, obviously you can't count on three touchdowns every week. But what you do like is the the, the workload, right? 29 touches. Uh, John Gruden talked about this offseason, how there was games last year where they just wish they would have rode Jacobs even more. We saw a ton of 20-plus touch games last year. As long as they are close in games, and what I mean close is within – 10 points, they're going to give Josh Jacobs touches. So I think fantasy players can expect 20, 22, 24 touches per game going forward. Uh, and that's a, that's exactly what you want to see if you draft a Josh Jacobs in the second or third round of your drafts. Yeah, we, we joke about the, I think Gruden called him vintage Walter Payton, which was even 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 wilder. But <laughs> uh, I think Gruden. <laughs> maybe he, but maybe he could be a vintage bell cow back, right? There's not a ton of those in the NFL anymore. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott's probably the best example of a guy that just kind of dominates all three downs. Uh, but maybe Jacobs could be that guy for the Raiders. Yeah, I think so. And another thing that we have to point out is that offensive line between Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, and Gabe Jackson, one of the best interior offensive lines in football. Uh, so again, as long as they're staying in close, uh, seeing closing games, they're going to be able to run the ball uh, and they're going to be able to run it effectively. So, yeah, I think Jacobs is in a great position to see a ton of work. I think he's going to be really effective. We know how good of a receiver he can be. One of the best short line or short yardage running backs in the NFL. Uh, a lot to be excited about if you drafted Josh Jacobs. The Raiders are 1-0. We'll have more coming up here on the Raiders Wire podcast. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about some fantasy football sleepers for week two. After a heartbreaking loss last week in which Phillip Rivers cost his team the win, he takes on a Minnesota Vikings defense that was completely destroyed by Aaron Rodgers in week number one. No team gave up more fantasy points to quarterbacks last weekend. Minnesota has an inexperienced group of cornerbacks, and a veteran like Phillip Rivers will find a way to get it done. It may not be completely pretty, but expect close to 300 yards and three touchdowns. Tampa Bay running back Ronald Jones has the best matchup in fantasy football entering week two. Carolina was gashed by Josh Jacobs' For three touchdowns last week after being the worst fantasy run defense in 2019. Tom Brady needs help and it has to come on the ground. San Francisco signed wide receiver Mohamed Sanu this week, but it's Kendrick Bourne who's the better play at the New York Jets, a defense that gave up the second most catches and third most reception yards to wide receivers last week. Finally, Marquez Valdez-Scantling faces the Detroit Lions. He scored a touchdown last week from Aaron Rodgers and faces a Detroit defense that gave up a game-costing bomb of a touchdown to Anthony Miller late last week. Expect Aaron Rodgers to challenge downfield. For more fantasy news and analysis, check out thehuddle.com. I just love the way we finished. You know, it's a long flight. You know, it's 3,000 miles. It's a hot day. Uh, We were in... um, a hotel. We weren't allowed to leave. We got out there. We fought hard for 57, 58 minutes. Offensively, we took a, a drive to distance to take the lead. Late in the fourth quarter, we finished the drive. 
and uh, defensively we finished the game with a critical fourth and one stop. So uh, I, I liked we, we fought through a lot of ups and downs. We lost some key players. We lost the lead, but we didn't lose the game. And that's that's a character builder, if anything. Marcus, I think I could listen to John Gruden talk all day. I just I just love that man. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he loves this team. I think one of the things that he likes about it the most is the mental toughness, right? They had every opportunity to lose that game. Their first-round cornerback, Damon Arnett, allowed a 75-yard touchdown to Roby Anderson that put Carolina up late in the fourth quarter. And what did the Raiders do? They marched it down the field 75 yards for a touchdown. So I think he really likes you know, where this team is at mentally. Uh, they don't believe that they are the second-best team in the AFC West. They think they're the best team in the AFC West. And I think you know, with a big game coming against New Orleans this week in Las Vegas, uh, I don't think they're anticipating a big loss. I think they're going to go into that game uh, hoping to shock the world. I love it. That's that's an aggressive take that they're the best team in the AFC West. We will find out, right? We'll find out soon enough. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about the offense. Uh, you guys wrote on the Raiders wire that maybe a little too predictable, though. They run the ball on first down a lot under Gruden. That kind of continued in this game. You know, what do you think about the offense? Darren Waller continues to step up. He led the offense, had another great game as a tight end. The kicking was was pretty good. That was a bright spot for the Raiders, too. Mm-hmm. The kicking was awful across the league. Carlson was really nice, nailed the 54-yarder. What's your take on the offense overall, though, and what could they improve on? Yeah, so I think across the NFL in week one, we saw a lot of predictable offenses from Dallas, who ran the ball a ton, uh, to, uh, you know, just a lot of these teams, even Kansas City ran the ball more than they ever did at any point last year no doubt i think with there being you know a limited offseason no preseason i think teams just want to find any kind of rhythm i think teams that ran the ball well in week one seem to have a lot of success uh so that's not too concerning for me now if this becomes a long-term trend over six and eight games uh where they're not using enough play action or they're not throwing the ball off enough on early downs that's when we get concerned but early in the first two three four games of the season uh, I don't think it's anything to worry about as uh, these teams trying to find their identity. But as for uh, Daniel Carlson, you know, this has been a revelation for the Raiders. Since the team signed him in 2018, he's made 87% of his kicks, but about 97% on his uh, extra points. Um, across the NFL, the kicking was atrocious. So to have somebody that you feel pretty good about that's uh, that kind of leg that's made four of six fifth, uh, field goals beyond 50 yards in his Raiders career, the Raiders feel pretty good about their special teams unit. Uh, Rich Bisaccia, their special teams coordinator, uh, one of the better ones in the NFL. So they feel really good about that unit this year. Yeah, I don't know if Raiders fans were watching the division rival Broncos on Monday night, but boy, the Titans <sighs> with my old friend Steven Guskowski from out here in New England. Oh my goodness. That, yeah, that was to have a good kicker goes so far right now. It's, it's unbelievable. Right. And, it's, and a lot of times it's the difference in winning and losing games. We, again, we saw it all across the NFL. Multiple teams lost games because of uh, poor kicker play. So to have somebody that, you know, he's not Justin Tucker, but somebody that's reliable like a Daniel Carlson, uh, that's big. I think the big part we're going to be watching with the Raiders, especially on Monday night, is the defense and how they hold up and can they stop people. They didn't get a lot of pressure on Bridgewater, right? The Panthers did gain close to 400 net yards. The Panthers were also pretty good on third down. I think there were over 50% conversions. So what needs to change there in the D? What needs to get better? I know they're bringing back Nevin Lawson off that uh, suspension you guys wrote mm-hmm. about, right? Uh, well, first of all, the Raiders have a really young defense. It was the first game for starting cornerback Damon Arnett. Uh, it was really the first game for safety Jonathan Abram after he missed all of last year with a shoulder injury. Uh, they had Malik Collins, who was a new starter for them, Corey Littleton, Nick Kowski. Uh, so it's going to take this defense a little time to gel. 
But to stop the Saints, it actually has gotten a little easier over the last couple of days. Now that Michael Thomas uh, has a high ankle sprain, he's not going to play in that game. Uh, the Saints don't have a ton of weapons, so if they can stop the running game with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, force Drew Brees into long third-down situations, they'll give themselves a chance. Now, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they're going to put up points. They're probably going to score in the high 20s or even the 30s. But I do think the Raiders at least have a chance now without Michael Thomas. Uh, we'll see. If they if they can hold them under 27 points, they'll give themselves a shot. One of people's favorite stories on the Raiders wire right now is uh, Derek Carr using Coach Gruden's uh, <laughs> wife's name, Cindy Gruden, in a call. And, and, and Gruden had no idea he was doing that. He heard it because he said there's no crowd noise. What, what was your take on that, Marcus? I actually I enjoyed that. And it's just this is one of the reasons why you have to tune into the Raiders wire. You have to tune in the John Gruden press conferences because like gold like this just comes out. Yeah, so it's a couple things. So first of all, Gruden and Carr have a very unique relationship. They <laughs> yeah. actually, their, their uh, houses are right next to each other in Las Vegas. Oh, I love that. Uh, their backyards join together. So they have a very, very close relationship. <laughs> That's a great but, note. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then with, you know, there being no fans in the in the stands, uh, you're going to have to use a lot of dummy calls and stuff this year just to, you know, keep teams from guessing on your tendencies. So uh, I don't think this is going to be the last time that we hear a funny reference from Derek Carr. I think you're going to hear it all across the NFL. Uh, I just thought it was a nice little jab there to, to John Gruden. That was, that was a lot of fun. That was pretty good. He, Derek Carr is going to be in trouble the next Sunday, uh, maybe not Sunday, <laughs> but the next barbecue. Cindy's going to be after Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Next backyard barbecue. So. Absolutely. All right, we're going to talk a little bit more about this Monday night game coming up with the Saints. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, joined by Jeffrey Clark of those same two affiliations. And here's what you need to know about the Week 2 Monday Night Football matchup between the New Orleans Saints and Las Vegas Raiders. The Saints are minus 228 money line favorites. The Raiders are plus 190 home dogs. Saints laying minus five and a half points. Raiders plus five and a half. On the other side, Jeff, how do you feel about Saints Raiders on Monday Night Football? I love Saints to spoil um, Raiders Vegas debut and premiere. Um, I'm a little nervous about Michael Thomas being out, of course, but Jess Jacobs is not going to be able to produce on the ground and get into the end zone, hit pay dirt as much as he was against the weak Carolina Panthers defense. I like the Saints to actually be uh, key to victory due to their defense. Give me the Raiders. Saints without Michael Thomas, that's a big loss. I'll take the Raiders at home, plus five and a half. They'll keep that within a field goal. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Marcus, this, this one hurts. Monday night, first ever home game in Las Vegas, no fans. That's going to be painful on Monday night. Uh, but the Raiders open up as six-point home underdogs. Mm. As you wrote, the Saints are uh, a team with Super Bowl expectations. We're going to find out a lot where this team stands on Monday night. What do you think about this matchup right off the bat? Yeah, I think one of the things that we need to focus on is the Saints defense. I don't think they get enough credit. They've totally rebuilt that defense over the last couple of years. Uh, They've got some guys that can really rush the passer with uh, Cameron Jordan, 
uh, Marcus Davenport, who didn't even play in week one. It's a bad matchup for the for the Raiders on offense. They just don't have enough talent to, to really scare the Saints defense. Uh, they're going to put Marshawn Lattimore on Henry Ruggs. Uh, I think that'll take him away. Janoris Jenkins had a pick six in week one. Uh, he's a bad matchup for Brian Edwards. He's going to jump every single underneath route. Uh, the Raiders are going to have to make them pay down the field. Uh, we'll see if their offensive line is able to hold up. We still have to hear about Trent Brown and Sam Young, whether they're going to be able to go. Uh, but the the matchup for the Raiders on offense against that Saints defense is going to be problematic. On the other side of the ball, if the Raiders can get any kind of pass rush on Drew Brees, they'll give themselves a chance. Uh, but the Saints have one of the better offensive lines in football. They've got two all pros that tackle. They've spent a ton of resources in the middle of their offensive line. So I don't anticipate the Raiders having much luck there. But this game is going to come down to turnovers. Can the Raiders force one or two turnovers that switch the momentum of the game? Can they take care of the ball on offense? Can they make plays in the kicking game? If they can do those kind of things, they'll give themselves a chance. Yeah, no doubt. So it sounds to me like you don't love the Raiders at, at this six-point number to cover. It sounds like you anything under a touchdown, maybe you like the Saints. Yeah, I think the Saints are one of the best two or three teams in the NFL, I'm even with without Michael Thomas. This feels like a game that could get out of hand early, and the Raiders, unfortunately, are not a team that has many paths to the victory. If this game gets to be a 10-0, 14-0 you know, game early on, I don't know if the Raiders' passing attack is good enough yet to compete with the, the Saints. So monitor this game closely in the first quarter. If the Raiders can stick around, they'll give themselves a chance. But if it turns into a two-score game, uh, it could get ugly quick. Yeah, and, and folks out in Vegas who might want to put a wager on this game should remember that Sean Payton is kind of a dink. And I love him, but he's kind of a mm. dink. Like late in that game against the Bucks. He was trying to score. They tried to get Alvin Kamara back in that end zone. It was an 11-point game with like a couple seconds left. They're trying to score. They're throwing trick plays, double passes. He doesn't mind pouring it on. He, he doesn't will, mind at all. He will pour it on. So if the Raiders are in a closer game and the Saints have a chance to score some points late, you better believe they're going to score. And uh, so I think I like the Saints big time on that six-point uh, that six-point line. But, man, if the Raiders find a way to stay in that game or win this game, like you said earlier, Marcus, like they're on to something, and that'll be, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to follow that storyline. Yeah, the, the hype around the Raiders would be ridiculous. So they, if they're able to go 2-0, if they're able to beat two teams in the NFC South. Uh, but I do want to point this out. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, one of the best teams in NFL history on Monday Night Football or just in primetime games in general. Typically, they show up. They put up a lot of points. I expect that to be the case again this Monday night. All right, Marcus. Have a great week, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.